Wolfpack Ninja Podcast, Jamie Ron, Captain NBC. Welcome to the Wolfpack Ninja Podcast. I'm Megan Martin. And I'm Ian Dory. I'm Brian Arnold. And I'm Noah Kaufman, the Ninja Doc. Thanks for joining our weekly conversation about health, fitness, and all things Ninja Warrior. We will be interviewing all of the top American Ninja Warrior stars, and we encourage you to visit our website, www.wolfpackninjas.com. And kids, you can get your free Wolfpack Ninja Cub certificate there. If you like our podcast, please share, subscribe, and like on iTunes. Also, give us a follow on our social media. We're always posting new content, and you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Wolfpack Ninja and on Instagram at Wolfpack Ninja Warrior. Together, we can make the world a healthier and happier place. So join us. Guys, we're back. It's the Wolfpack Ninja Podcast, in case you had forgotten. We're here. We have a pretty awesome guest with us, actually. Very recognizable kind of one of the icons for a long time of the athletes for the show can you guess uh, well if you're talking awesome you must mean jamie ron yeah with jamie ron jamie ron green you're hair. right you so win. everybody knows jamie ron he's incredible he's one of the guys he made the list i mean he's one of the best guys out there yeah if you guys out there have not seen jamie ron's social media you should check it out because he's he's good he's like a legit athlete and when I first met Jamie and when I, you know, just watching the show or early on when he was on, I just was like, oh, okay, we got a guy in, a, in an outfit. He's going to suck. But uh, that is not the case. Jamie is far from your typical dress-up, you know, to get on the show um, type, of, type of athlete. He is legit. He, he has some great videos. He yeah. does have some great videos. His Lache videos recently, if you get onto his Instagram or his Facebook, it's amazing. He he throws big. And I, I don't I know him, but I don't know him that well. So I'm excited to dive into his background and kind of see where he's come from to get to this level of athletics. Cause I mean, it's a lot of work. Well he's yeah, he's an artist too. He's like this really talented he he writes poetry. I mean he's a very, very interesting guy here. Oh yeah. Dude, watch his Kong video. He does this his huge Kong. Oh and yeah. Tell tell people what a Kong, what a Kong is. Um, for those of you guys who don't know what a Kong is, it's just basically it's uh you're jumping over usually some type of obstacle with your hands instead of uh, to help basically propel you across the obstacle. It's like a vault or something. Yeah, your like, yeah. head's kind of down, your feet are behind you, and you like use your hands to sort of get you through. Kind of look like Donkey Kong. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, technically a vault. Do you know what a vault is in parkour? No, it's different. Yeah, it's a little different. What is it? Oh, is it's, that what I'm saying? Um, you're leading with your, your feet, I believe. Uh, like um, when you're jumping. I don't know. We're showing our... Ineptitude. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I know what a sorry, dead Parker. point is. You know what a dead point is? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, anyways, Jamie Ron is one of, the, one of the best. He definitely embraces a lot of different disciplines. And he, he reminds me a lot of Drew Dreschel. They're parkour guys who are also upper body... You know, they're strong. And actually, uh, we got to race their team on Team Ninja Warrior, which is pretty exciting. Oh, yeah. I raced them last year. Yeah. They're good. I mean, they're like tough opponents. Oh, my gosh. And now that you mentioned it, too, he does do a lot of grip exercises. He's, he's like, dedicated. And I totally respect him. He's taken 
some exercises from climbing and he's doing them and he's good. He's getting good. I've seen him do a lot of campusing. Um, I know he does a lot of grip stuff where he's hanging. There was a video of him hanging. What was it? Like 500 pounds? Or oh, yeah. <laughs> what was that? It was a lot of weight. Yeah, I was like, what? The this... bar was going to break. Yeah. He's a, he's actually got gotten to be a pretty dang good climber too because he loves movement and he sees it all as just this one big movement experiment. So I think he's one of the guys who could take down the Wolfpack Ninja Tour. April 29th and April 30th, be there, come and watch all the other top ninjas go head-to-head. It's going to be sick. Oh, man. I want to see. There's so many people that. So many matchups. Oh, my gosh. Jamie versus Drew versus. I mean, we've seen that. And actually, yeah. Jamie's, Jamie won that match last time, last season. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's so many great competitors. It's going to be. It's going to be sick, dude. Oh, my God. With over $30,000 in cash and prizes, it's going to be... 30000 I know. That's a lot of that's money. That's way more than rock climbing, even ninja. I mean, unless what? you win the whole thing, but... Yeah. I mean, where like... can you win win that type of money? I mean, and there's very few sporting events where that type of money is put up. Yeah. This, this just kind of shows you the direction and how popular... The sport is becoming, yeah. Oh, I know, man. Go to WolfpackNinjaTour.com and look at the prize structure and the payout goes out to 10th place. And uh, there's five different divisions, youth, amateur, pro. It's going to be really exciting. But let's get on to the uh, interview and uh, first take a word from our sponsor. How about it? Okay, guys, before we get on to Jamie's interview, we've got to talk about some really interesting things. Now, the Wolfpack Ninja Tour is it's crazy. It's going great. The VIPs are almost sold out. To all you 100 plus plus VIPs, we have created a special page on the WolfpackNinjaTour.com website dedicated to VIPs and what you are going to get. Now, there's a special arrangement. We have partnered up with Westin Hotels, and they are giving an incredible discount on these beautiful luxury rooms. Uh, This is unbelievable. The ninjas will be staying there, and so all the ninjas and you will be having a pool party. (laughs) We're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, There's a catered event Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. And we are also going to give our VIPs a free trial membership for a couple months to the Wolfpack Junior program, which is starting up. Wolfpack Junior is going to be a really fun membership club where you can video chat with the top ninjas. You can chat with them. There's a forum and you can get the inside scoop. And this is for kids and adults, but mostly for kids on on how you can become a full-on ninja. Go and check out the free Wolfpack Junior ebook right now at wolfpackjunior.com. And hopefully we'll see you there. So we're going to get on to Jamie Ron, and he's an interesting guy. Let's hear what he has to say. So Jamie Ron, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. Been trying to get on here for a little while now. We just have to get our dates together. I know it's not easy. You're like uh, just behind Drew Dreschel for being like one of the tougher guys. <laughs> Drew and Chris Sharma. But all, oh, yeah, man. Busy guys. people. Yeah, busy people. So now you're known throughout the ninja community as being like this real artistic guy. You're into you know art on yourself, and you turn mm-hmm. yourself into this character, this superhero guy. Tell us a little bit about how you approach life and just uh, who is Jamie Ron the superhero? So I approach life – very differently, I guess, than most people. Yeah. I always tell people I'm, I'm not ordinary, and you know, if you expect me to be that that normal guy, you're you're going to be misled. So I don't really follow the path on a lot of things. So, for example, 
you know, I like to go out. I like to travel. I may just stay up one day just because, you know, I had an idea I wanted to write a poem. So I'll stay up for, you know, eight hours and decide I want to write and, you know, do some rhyming and poetry. And then the next day I'll sleep 10 hours, then go exercise and train for the whole day. So I don't really have anything super consistent. I love trying new things. I love learning new things. My memory is far from great at at its best. (laughs) But I do love, you know, learning new things. Even if, you know, I had forgotten it, I'm relearning it again. I love just finding out things about the world. And really that's kind of driven what um, has done most of my training is, you know, I always wondered, you know, what the body is capable of. Yeah. Training has really helped me you know, find those different pieces. And especially with the the show, seeing all these amazing athletes um, do things that, you know, I'm on that same path of, okay, this is really cool. We can do this. Now, how can we make it a little more interesting? How can we make this a little more fun, a little more challenging and put it just that cusp of it's possible, but it's going to take a lot of time. Yeah. So it's funny. You take like this less organized approach to your training in life. It seems like you just kind of flow creatively. Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, totally not scheduled at all. Uh, Diet-wise, exercise-wise, I just try and play with whatever's you know most fun and intriguing because that's going to keep my interest and I'm going to work harder for it. And you know, if my my feet are hurting because I've been doing a lot of jumps, then I'll work arms and I'll do laches and grip work. And then when my hands are sore, then I'll go back to legs and core and you know bounce around that way. So would you say that you view your life as like a piece of art that you're creating? I always am very – I like to think about things a lot, kind of philosophy of, you know, life and, you know, what I want to do and what I want to be. Yeah. Um, And I never really thought of it as an art piece or a thing of art, but I had always made the distinction that anything could be considered art if it, you know, holds that value to someone. Right. So that would be a very interesting way to kind of look at, you know, life. And I guess it could be because my my main purpose, or at least, you know, my my driving purpose to try and succeed in life is to inspire others to benefit their lives in a positive way. Right. That to be long term or long lasting is, you know, what I've strived to do. And, you know, whether it's um, training other people, whether, you know, it's seeing me on the show or seeing me in passing or just being able to talk to someone to get them to get involved in something that's going to benefit them down the line is it's really been my goal so that could be the the value of the the art project of Jamie Ron life is inspiring people to do stuff because art is really just to make you think about stuff and so if I'm getting you to think about your life and think about what you're doing and where you want to be and how you want to become then Absolutely. Now, have you had to deal with people who are, you know, less than accepting, who are like, man, who's this weird guy with this green (laughs) hair? And have you had to deal with that much? Oh, yeah, so much. But I think it was good because early on, not a lot of people remember it, but I first went on the show, a red mankini, green hair, blue (laughs) body paint, and that's it. Yes. And that was, you know, well, I'm going to... California for the first time for a week. Don't know anyone. Going to try out for right. the show. <laughs> and just being there in that persona was just, you know, well, we're just going to take it all now. And I got a whole lot of, you know, who's this weirdo? He's not a real competitor. And the first year, fell on the quad steps. Totally wasn't in my game. It wasn't uh, anything I was thinking about. 
I just forgot that the uh, the last platform was an angle, and you have to keep moving forward. You know, oh. you get there, and the adrenaline gets you, and you forget about other things, and right. boom, done next year. Even previous years, you know, as I was more well-known, I would get heckled at the start line, you know, being the, the guy in the blue paint. And, you know, that would really kind of take me out of the moment. But the more I did it, the more I had friends, you know, who were also competing and people who were there. And it just became being able to ignore those people because those people are always there. Yeah. And just focus on the people that bring you joy and bring love to what you do. And I've kind of realized that just through life growing up, I was super, super shy. And then one day in high school, I was just the point I was like, well, what do I care? You know, people are going to think what they're going to think. That's not going to, you know, change what I do and what I do isn't going to change that. Yeah, it's true. So I just realized one day, hey, what they they, they say and what they, they think about don't matter. What's going to matter in the end is, you know, how you feel, how you act and how you're able to go to sleep at night. So early on, I just realized I'm just going to ignore all the people who are negative and trying to cause any sort of drama and just find something positive about it and move on. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I've my experience has been the ninja community mm-hmm. is just full of really accepting, good, original, authentic people. And so Absolutely. it's like, it, yeah, it's a real safe environment. So you can really be yourself and radically express yourself in, in a profound way. And you do that uh, in the show. And, you know, it's pe- people don't always realize that you can live exactly and lead the the life that you want. And if you want it to be uh, an artistic experiment to help in, in better people, then great. Yeah, absolutely. I had uh, felt that from the very beginning. When I, I first started, one of the um, my first friends from parkour uh, introduced me to Chris Wolcheski, and he was the first ninja that I had met. <laughs> train with and we were training in his front yard running yes. down the street doing conditioning and it's just you know an open family from there you know we have a gym and he has a gym and we're a half hour away 40 minutes traffic and we're super good about just wanting each other to do good wanting the gym to do great uh, people come in and say you know they've trained with chris and they're like oh that's fantastic you know what kind of stuff did you get to do you know, and they'll come and they're like, hey, we got to train with Jamie. You know, he's very opening to them and everyone else. And we're able to train together. And even though we're in business and we're in the same business and we're at the same relative location, we're still able to be open and not have any sort of, uh, you know, drama or, you know, resentment or any selfishness. And that's really been a big thing in Ninja Warrior. Anyone who has, come into the show and I think the community has been huge in, in keeping it this way Yeah, is people come in and we welcome them with open arms. They're a hundred percent one of the family from the get go. And the only way that they don't end up staying that way is pardon me is when, um, you know, they think it's just a competition. They got to be number one or, you know, this means everything. If they don't win the money, then, you know, it's game over and, Right. That's where a lot of anger and frustration gets in. And, you know, we get frustrated, you know, we can get a little uh, angry at ourselves, but it's really just a, it's turned into this whole community event where we're going out, we're having a great time, we're trying out an obstacle course that very few people even get to try. 
Yeah. And so trying to always remember why you started and not get focused on, all right, I have to do good because last time I did bad and now I have to do so much better. And it gets in your head and, you know, you shut everyone else out. But, you know, we're a family. We want you to do good regardless of how you do. We're still cheering for you. You know, we're still there training with you, trying to get everyone better. Yeah. And it's very mental, right? I mean, it's. Oh, incredibly. You know, I, I want to go back real quick because you said, you mentioned, you hit on the fact that you were real shy when you were growing up. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of kids out there who listen to the podcast and, and a lot of kids who are like, yeah, I, I'm shy or I, I was pretty shy or I, you know, I feel really shy. What advice would you give to, to the kids out there who feel really kind of shy and, and, and just kind of maybe thinking a whole bunch about they, they want to break out, but it's tough. You right. know? I mean, it's, it's hard, right? Oh yeah. I, I want to kind of preface that with how I started. So yeah, I was super shy. And when I say shy, I was, you know, I had no friends. My friends were, uh, kids. My mom brought over to the house for play dates. Right. So that I would start interacting with other kids. Cause I didn't want to start a conversation with someone. You know, I just wanted to be by myself and then I'd go home and I had, you know, mom and dad and brother, and that was life. And I was afraid to go out beyond that. And then once I, I found a friend, you know, a good friend that I started calling my best friend and someone I could, you know, could fight it and laugh with. And, you know, I really stuck with him. I, I found, you know, myself through him. I found my values. I found what was really important to me. Yeah. And I think that's great to find out. So my advice would be, that when you, you find someone who you can really connect with or really be open with, you know, even if they're not your best friend, I've been told that I'm, I'm very easy to talk to and people open up to me a lot. Yes. And so I can be that person for a lot of people, but to find someone that you feel comfortable talking to and opening up with and just having conversations about things like, you know, what's really important to you? What, what do you really care about? And, you know, that stuff just comes in passing and just, keeping an eye out for those things. So, you know, growing up, people would start drinking in, you know, high school and then going into college. And, you know, I would drink and then realized, you know, that's not what I wanted. It's not what I wanted to be a part of. So I quit drinking and I hadn't drunk and no one realized that I wasn't drinking anymore because I was just the weird guy at the party anyway. And so <laughs> just having those conversations, you know, going out and doing things you always do with your friends and realizing, well, I'm not really having as much fun as I could be having or I'm having just as much fun as if I did this a different way. Yeah. And that other way, you know, is where I feel more comfortable. And, you know, picking up on those little cues in life, you know, they're going to be hard to find. They're going to be, you know, every other month, you know, maybe one time in a year, something big hits and maybe it's every day something new comes up to you. But it's really paying attention and trying to look outside the situations you're in and trying to analyze where you're comfortable and where you're not comfortable. And then when you realize where you're comfortable, that that's all that's going to matter. Cause if you're comfortable, you're going to succeed. You're going to strive. You're going to be confident. So my advice is find that friend that you can have those conversations with. You can have those experiences with, and you're not going to feel like you have to shelter who you are. And yeah. then build upon that person that you've become. That is great advice, Jamie. I think that, you know, it's, it's, 
it's not easy. It's not easy when you're a kid growing up and there's all these insecurities, right? And you still have to kind of solidify your identity and you kind of have to figure out who you are and what you want to do in this life. And and of course, yeah. that's, a, that's a process that keeps going, right? I'm sure you, you might still be thinking about what you want to do in the next five, 10 years, right? Oh, yeah. Things are always changing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I feel the same way. And, you know, I, I have a family and a kid and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there's still just a world of, of knowledge and wisdom to, to kind of partake in and grow from it. And what's so cool about Ninja and about so many things in the world where you put yourself around all these amazing people, like let's say you decide to go to grad school or, or right. med school or law school or something like that, or, or just college even, you're just exposed to so many interesting personalities. Guys like Crazy Craver, right? Or yeah. Kramer, he's crazy. So, oh, yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that there's what, – what you're saying there is is really meaningful and important. So, Jamie, just going back to the shy thing for one second, uh, you know, tell us just a little bit more about that. There's got to be more to the story. Yeah, so I was um, I was always really shy. I never really um, went out and, and met new people. And a lot of it was I grew up with a, uh, a brain cyst, which is just an empty space in your brain. It's about like four inches big, which is – crazy wow uh, but that would give me migraines all the time as a kid it was you know weekly when i was in elementary school and then uh college it was every other week and then it was monthly outside of college and now it's you know once or twice a year that i've learned ways to you know keep my body from doing it but uh for uh whatever luck for four years in a row as a kid we would do like a big you know school class party for a birthday of like we're going to invite everyone from the class and they'll go out and that's kind of, you know, great way for kids to make friends. And every year for four years, I had a headache and oh, I wow. was sleeping in the van while everyone did the party. Oh, so no. it's a real tough thing, you know, when you've got to deal with medical that kind of keeps you away from yeah. being able to interact with other people. And I know other people have kind of talked to me about, you know, issues they have with headaches or disabilities or whatever it is of, you know, being able to come out of their shell. And it's it's really all just about managing what you can with what you have. Ah, so interesting. So I may be out for, you know, 8 to 24 hours, yeah. you know, every time I get a headache. But then the time that I don't have a headache, I'm going to make the most of it. I'm going to put in that effort to go out and enjoy what I can, to not get bogged down by little dramas or little petty things that, you know, may hurt my feelings or anything like that because, you know, you only get so much time in the day. And, you know, if you have a disability or anything that's going to kind of take you out of that for whatever reason, you just got to make the most of it. And, you know, being shy can definitely be an easy way to cope with that. But it's it's so much better if you can break through that shell. So um, my my plea to anyone who is feeling that shyness and that kind of inhibitor of whatever it may be to not be able to break out of that shell for one end, for one reason or another, whatever it may be, is to take that part out of the equation, focus on everything else. So imagine that part is now just part of your sleep schedule. You can't do anything mm. while you're asleep. Why worry about that time while you're sleeping? Yeah. That time when you can't do anything, you either got to go get chemo or shots or whatever it is, 
that's just part of, you know, your sleep schedule. You can't part of the do routine. about it anyway. Exactly. And just deal with the day that you have. It may be a two hour day. It may be a eight hour day, whatever it is, you know, that's, that's what you got. And complaining about it, you know, can only get you so far, but really accepting it and doing what you can and making the best of it is, you know, the best thing in the world. That is, that is incredible advice. Now, did you ever, did you ever feel sorry for yourself or kind of down on yourself? Like, why me type of thing? No, not really. I don't think I ever really thought outside of the box of it too much. Yeah. Usually when it, it happens, um, for those of you who, who don't know migraines, it's just this overpowering pain and sensitivity to light, sound, and movement and everything. So whenever it would happen, I would just be so isolated, and I would just want to be isolated. And that was what was good for me, and that made me feel better. Yeah. So I didn't really feel like, oh, why can't I be out and doing this stuff? It was just with me from birth, so I was just kind I of was, always yeah. had to accept it. And right. when we realized what it was, it was just, okay, now – we know what it is, but it's the same thing you've been dealing with. So I was lucky enough that it's not something that I had to change. Like I didn't get in a car accident and develop anything from it. Yeah. Um, I was lucky in that sense. Yes. Um, but yeah, that, that can definitely be an issue of, you know, feeling like why me? And I was great with having wonderful, wonderful parents who were very, I'm sure I was a pain in the butt. Growing up, <laughs> we uh, they all were very patient people, and the friends that I collected uh, at a young age were very—I don't know a good word for it. Accepting? So, um, no, they, were, they weren't accepting people. They were not supportive people. They were—they were very good at. So the people that I end up growing up with, and my friends around my neighborhood, were very confident people with great self-esteem oh and so yeah. being around that was great because we could laugh about anything i could laugh about anything going on in my life you know everything could be turned into a positive mm. so i switched schools at one point because the assistant dean of one of my colleges make advances on me and he was a married older man and i was a younger student who was straight and not wanting those advances. Right. Wow. So I came home like completely distraught. I went from, you know, Dean's list to plopping out and I went home. I met out with all my friends in their, you know, in our parents' basement. Yeah. And I, I told them, you know, the story and literally started laughing within five minutes of, you know, us just joking with each other. So, you know, having that support system where, you know, they weren't like the most incredible people. Yeah. You know, they didn't have to be the most incredible people, but they were, you know, really self-confident people and they were thick-skinned enough to allow anything to come at them, bounce off, make light of it and move on. Well, and that's not yeah, that sounds like a horrible experience, but yeah, they do yeah. they do say that, you know, humor can be a really good ego defense and can protect us, you know, when we turn Absolutely. things into a positive. It's a positive ego defense. Yeah, and it's it's a great thing to do. Um, but my my one concern with saying that it's super positive is that you still have to be able to accept what's happening. Yeah, because then it's going to come up later, and you're going to have to deal with it. But being able to accept something and laugh it off and do whatever, that time frame is going to be vastly different for whatever the situation is in the person. Yeah. Uh, but 
you know, those friends that I had growing up really helped me to not pity myself in situations like that of like, why me? Or, you know, why did I have to be the one to deal with, you know, this, everything was going the way I wanted it to. And now it's not. And now I'm changing the course of my life. Yeah. But, you know, it didn't matter because I was able to accept this is now life. That was whatever it is. We'll make jokes about it, move on and, and go from there. And so being able to build that self-confidence from an early age, um, whether it was through dealing with the, the migraines or having that support system of the friends and the, the family to, you know, not necessarily steer, but definitely have that as the backdrop for me to refer back to. Yeah. So if I ever felt like I was falling too far one direction, I would always be kind of recentered by one of those groups of either my my friends or my family, recentered kind of about who I was and where I wanted to be in life, and then I could accept what was and move on from there. Well, have good friends. Ha- have a yeah. a good crew. And and man. You're such a mature guy, Jamie, for for a guy who runs around in a superhero outfit with yeah. green hair. Told you, not ordinary. Now, in terms of your experience on Ninja Warrior, you seem to have gotten better and better every single year, yeah. and, and until to the point where I got to tell you, when we talk about when you know how we always have these little huddles within the Ninja within your little groups, and you're like, okay, but who are the guys who could really finish it? Right. Yeah. Who are the ones we're watching the whole time? <laughs> yeah. 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 Who's, who's like the twenty guys? Or so you're making the list with the Wolf Pack every time. Nice. And yeah. Yeah. And and so and a lot of it is. Because of the way you move, and it's not only, you know, as a parkour athlete, you also have that rare characteristic that, like, Drew Dreschel has, which is your really strong upper body. And, mm-hmm. you know, what do you think about that? Because parkour, a lot of times, people think of it, I think, as a, a primarily lower body type of thing, but it's, it's really not, is it? Yeah, in the, the ninja world, it's definitely seen a lot more uh, lower body intensive. Yeah. And then you've got the uh, the kind of rock climber as the upper body intensive. And then you've got the kind of track and field background as like the all around kind of athlete. And I think um, parkour has been great for me. Every year I focus more and more on just body movement and being comfortable in different situations. Yeah. And I'm always getting stronger no matter, you know, what I'm doing. I love doing grip workouts and, and climbing and doing you know, challenging my body, like we, we said before, of just seeing what I'm capable of. Yeah. And just parkour in general is me exploring and overcoming fears and being able to push my body uh, past those limits. So being able to have that explosive power and understanding, you know, my body to swing, to throw, to catch, to land safely, to know all of the variables of when I'm going to, uh, when I land on this object. What are all the things that force and gravity can move my body and how can I react to that to save it? Because we talk about that in parkour all the time of, um, you know, bailouts. If I'm going to jump to this thing, I want to know how it can go wrong and how I can not not get hurt by, you know, let's say I'm jumping to a bar and I don't make it far enough. What I'm going to do so I don't just crush my sternum into the bar. If I go too far, what am I'm going to do to make sure I don't, you know, just fall eight feet to the ground where I'm not prepared to land or, you know, whatever it is. And you got to be able to think like that so quickly on the fly and prepare ahead of time in parkour has really helped me on the course. And I think that's that's kind of been my biggest thing. Drew is phenomenal. I think him and there's one other um, 
uh, athlete who hasn't been on the show. He's well, he's been on the show, but they didn't air him. Uh, Nicholas Walsh, way back when in um, NW two, he um, him and Drew have this one quality that I've seen in very few other people, where they're basically a cat. They yeah. can throw themselves in the air no matter what they're thinking about. They're going to land on their feet. They're going to land safely. So they'll go up and they'll try a flip. They'll do whatever, and then their body finds their way to the ground. Me and like a lot of other people, we have to think about how to move, where to twist the body, what forces are going where. But it seems to come very naturally uh, to them. And I think that's one of Drew's amazing qualities is that he, he has that adaptability of parkour and that, that strength of conditioning. But he can just you know snap, react in the air, on the fly to get that extra couple inches twisting around or you know to save himself that little bit. It's really amazing to watch. He's one of my favorite athletes to move through the course. And- yeah, I, I think you're right. And actually, it got me thinking about like who else is kind of like that. And I think Nicholas Coolridge is kind of like that. And on occasion, yeah. and Brent Stephenson. Um, it's it's pretty amazing to see people who are naturals like that. And, you know, of course, we've started obviously doing parkour because all the ninjas are are – kind of getting into what is working right the parkour yeah. athletes are starting to do climbing the the climbers we're like oh man we gotta take a parkour so we're doing a ton of parkour we're in the parkour gym as frequently as we can and, mm. and it's so hard you know to play catch up because yeah it takes so many years for people to attain the levels like that you've attained in parkour we're you're basically a world-class athlete and you don't get – even if you're a great, great athlete, the cerebellum, right? The, cere- the, the part of your yeah. brain that deals with movement still needs to take years and years and years of trial and error to figure out you know, that, that kind of perfect movement uh, for yourself. And, and still, like you said, there's going to be guys like Drew who, who is just a total cat. But you know, we, we, and you kind of deflected the question because you're a humble guy. But, <laughs> But the way we view it is you're actually like one of those guys. I mean, to us, and now maybe it's because you're a parkour athlete and you can see the different levels that Drew is just phenomenal to you. But we see the same thing. We're like, man, Jamie Ron, oh, man, he, you know, it's it's amazing. It just needs to come together for you on the show. Yeah, I feel like I'm at that level. Uh, it definitely – the only time that I've ever failed on the course yeah, because I wasn't strong enough or good enough at that time was last year's invisible ladder when I made it up to like the just barely moment to fall. (laughs) And that was like a wonderful fall because I knew that I pushed as far as I could. I did it completely clean and there's nothing I could have done better, but you know, be stronger. And so it really is just connecting everything together. Really. You really only get that one shot. And that's really, I think the the biggest part of the game is just doing that one. But I, I definitely feel I am, you know, capable of making up to that tower i felt like um like you said I, i'm always the one to kind of push himself away to you know talk about someone else yeah um but i had talked about that with my girlfriend kim uh the past two years of like you know i really think this is you know possible i can see myself being up there and you know i can feel each piece all the way through i can you know really envision that being a thing and then it's you know it just one thing falls and it's done and that's the nature of the game that's why it's it's so wonderful to watch and so wonderful to you know compete against because you never know when it's going to end every step could be the end of the season and yeah. that's what's so so fun because it's it's high stakes the whole way through 
Yeah. It is. It's like go it's like uh going through it all with your family too, you know. We're all kind of right. like Oh man, I can't believe Lancefell is here on you know on the and you know, you just think it through and you're like, Oh, dang, JJ went out and Yeah. And and but at the same time you're like, Oh man, that was awesome. Did you see what you know, Drew did, or did you see what uh, Jesse Graff did? You know, this type of thing. Right. And it's it's just kind of sometimes it's mind blowing. Sometimes it's like, ah, oh, dang. Okay, we'll move on. You know, we know what yeah. it's like. We've all been there. But everyone's gonna have their their heartfelt crush moment. Oh, you know, in yeah. your career, everyone's got to have at least one. Yeah, well, yeah, it's true. And you know, you, I want to also touch on something that you said that I thought was really good because you sure. you mentioned briefly visualizing and think and thinking about how much do you use visualization in your movement and especially on the American Ninja Warrior course? Well, I'm a, a very visual thinker. Yeah. So that's the majority of how I work. Actually, I'll get to the course as early as I can to see the obstacles. Um, take, you know, a picture if I can to kind of see what the texture is going to be. And then in my mind, I'll run through the course, you know, 50 times, whatever it is. And get wow. a game plan so I can visually see myself taking the steps, feeling what that impact's going to be like. So we'll talk about the uh, ascending steps as an example. Yeah. You know, I see the ascending steps go up in um, L.A., and I, I know I'm going to have to deal with them. So I, I look at how the feet are going in so I understand the compression of the, the material. So it's not a piece of wood. It's that little bit of foam it's going to squish. I know that there's grip tape circles, so it's going to have a little bit of grip on it. I know that the pendulum is going to – or not the pendulum, the uh, the column has going to have a little sway to it as it gets a little higher. And so in my mind, I'm taking each step and I'm trying to visualize and feel all those pieces as I go through each step. Wow. And then when I get to the, the end, most of the time, my brain's going quicker than, than I can think. So yeah. I'll, I'll have a couple pieces in mind. I'll think about it and I'll try and do it in my head and I'll realize I skipped like half of it. You know, kind of like <laughs> right. you're driving and you're paying attention to the road and then you realize you're, you're home and you don't realize all the things you passed. My brain starts doing the same thing of, all right, I want to focus on every piece and understand every piece of it. Right. So when I'm there, it's not all new. There's less adjustments to be made. Um, so I visually think about that for every obstacle, try and imagine, you know, the grip and how it's going to feel on the ropes, the different materials, the distances, the speed I'm going to have to deal with. And then... From there, I'll visualize three different techniques for every obstacle. Oh, my gosh. So I've wow, I've got my go-to, and then I've got a backup in case I get there, and that first option is just scaring the crowd of me. I'm like, well, that's not going to happen. I can't focus. Then i got a backup, and then you have a, a third backup in case you fall of how you can recover. And so I go through that all in my head, and I'm not going to be able to remember that as I'm going, but right. the fact that I've kind of reviewed it, makes it a little more instinctual when i get there so if i'm gonna bounce off the trampoline to you know one of the logs i know if i hit the trampoline wrong going forward i gotta get my arm up or i gotta keep those legs up to scrunch and i know that pad is going to be squishy and i'm going to have to be pushing down on my hands instead of pulling back to keep that tension on there so visualizing how it's going to work when i get there if i do not do it the way that i originally intended I have at least thought about how it can go so I can uh, reach back in that knowledge and hopefully instinctually do that on the fly. Yeah. Wow. That, that, is, that is absolutely incredible. And, you know, it makes me think 
a lot of people think, okay, you're you're either smart and you do the books or you do the athletics, uh, you know, or some people do both. Right. But, but really, when you think about it, I mean, your approach to American Ninja Warrior, to parkour, to your body, to movement, it is an intellectual approach, right? It's a very cerebral. Oh, yeah. You're you're really thinking it through, and you're you're being very present and thinking and and focused on it. Isn't that right? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's very important for me to, like you said, present is is the perfect word to really kind of stay present with what's happening. Yeah. Uh, it's why I can't listen to headphones or wear a hood or sunglasses. I have to experience everything as it is. And then trying to think very analytical, intellectual about the problem really helps me solve it. And my creative mind is very good at problem solving. So I'm constantly trying to think of different solutions. So I may not be the most intellectual person, but I make up for it with my creativity to find solutions to the problems. You sound pretty intellectual to me, Jamie. Yeah. That's <laughs> well, doing well then. Yeah. Well, okay. Now, now tell me, do you, do you have to deal with nerves? Do you get nervous out there? I did in the very beginning. Absolutely. The the first time I went, I, I blacked out on the steps and landed on the platform. And that's when I realized that I didn't have speed and woke up to the rest of the world. And then, you know, as I went down the line, like we talked about, the more people you get to know, the more it becomes just a family thing of, yeah. your friends and hanging out and especially doing other competitions um, at local gyms. Yeah. Doing those local competitions really help you take out the nerves of doing the big thing because then it's just like another day at the, the office. You're coming in, you're hanging out with your friends, you're doing a competition. So when I get up there now, uh, last year was a big turning point for me. Yeah. And I have big thanks to Sean Darling Hammond for this. Oh, it's the finals night. I was, uh, I was sick. I had a headache, a migraine. I get them quite often. Oh no. Um, but I was not feeling great and I was just kind of in a, a bum mood and he was up there and he was super excited. And, you know, if you've never met Sean, you know how much he's just all full <laughs> of love and positivity. And, yep. you know, he's there and he's talking about, you know, the course, you know, this is great, you know, we, we're going to get to run this thing that no one else really gets to try and what an amazing experience this is. And yeah. I was like, you know what, you're absolutely right. You know, this is going to be great. No matter, you know, what you're feeling or anything, you know, this is going to be a great experience. Um, and so that, you know, just really flipped the switch more than anything else. It's just getting in that mindset of back to why you started because it's something you love. You're, you're trying something that you've always wanted to try. You know, you get to try these obstacles that, some masterminds are creating in a laboratory working on for months on end and then they yeah. they present it to you and now you get to try it any way you want that's you know within the rules so you know i love that and this last season this last regional was by far my favorite you know regardless of whatever the outcome may be when it airs yeah it, the feeling of love that i had and whether it was because of the philadelphia region being more local or the fact that you know each year it gets more and more but i was just so excited and so happy and positive and joyful being there and running the course that the nerves were gone but then i had to fight back all the extra excitement and joy and, <laughs> yeah. and take a step back and relax and remember that you have to focus on what you're doing yeah so i, I finally passed that threshold of no more nerves and now it's just you go out, you do the best you can. That's all you can ask for. And 
You know, that's that's it. There's no sense in worrying about what you could have done or what you could do or what you may not be able to do because you're going to give it your best try when you get there anyway. And that's a really hard thing to accept, but it took me six years. I finally got it. Yeah, it's kind of like a growth. It's like uh, a lot of the pros have related that, that there's been a growth through the years that makes them a little bit more comfortable. And, of course, the training improves and the movement improves. But And I guess it's like anything you want to do in life. It's not like from day one you're going to be the best. I mean, even Jeff and Isaac, who are the only two guys to finish the course – they didn't do it their first year and they you know they've also spent the majority of their life training mm-hmm. and and it, it's really it's really just a series of of chapters you know and improving and and keep working towards uh goals would do you view it kind of like that oh absolutely i mean if you did it first try and your first time out to the show and you beat the whole thing you you wouldn't really you may you may not respect it i don't want to say you don't respect things but you know, oh, you yeah, it might be too easy. As hard as it could be, you you're not going to take it as you know this big challenge because you did it. You know your first try. Yeah. There isn't that growth that can be had. So whenever you do something first try, you know what makes us so good at the athletes that we are is we constantly want to find something better and harder. So you know to beat the the show here, you know I want to be able to then go to Japan and try and beat that show. Yeah. And. Yeah. That just seems, you know, like a whole nother world of incredible where, you know, people are like, oh, this is the craziest thing. And I was like, I can show you crazy. You know, that little cliffhanger ledge, cut that down into a sliver and then do a couple <laughs> of those together. And yeah. that's where they're at now. And so it's, it's amazing that there's always something harder. Right. And there's always somewhere new to go. And that's, you know, the beauty. That's what makes this so amazing. No one's going to go and do it first try. And if they do, that is that would blow my mind and that would be incredible to watch. That yeah. would be, you know, phenomenal and, you know, amazing work for them and congratulations to them. But, you know, I almost feel sorry for them that they don't get that experience of, of growth because they've, they've already reached the pinnacle, you know, now yeah. they have to create a new pinnacle to, to challenge themselves. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's funny because we're, you know, there's, we're dealing with a TV show that is also this amazing kind of sport. Right. Sometimes it can't choose, right? There's the stories. And as ninjas, we just want to see everybody run. We were like, oh, yeah, yeah. show us the runs. And, you know, oh, they fast forwarded our, you know, you know, Paul Casimir, how could they do that? Well, you know, we want yeah. to see it. And, uh, you know, it's it's interesting, but it makes you think that there's a room, there's room for this to develop as like a legitimate obstacle course racing sport in the future uh, that's not so dependent on. Re, you know, the reality portion of the TV, um, although that's fun, you know, I mean, there's a fun yeah. element to that of the glitz and the glamour, but you know, what do you think? Would you like to see it as a, as a legitimized sport? Um, I think that would be very interesting. I like the way that it is. Yeah. I, I like the fact that we, they do show stories cause I, I definitely learn stuff about, you know, my, my fellow ninjas that I, I don't always get to know. Totally. So, you know, something that may be a very personal, they're not going to, talk to you about in the middle of a, a jam training together but it's kind of nice to get some backstory on people yeah um, i do like watching people run that's why i love going to the regions even if it's not my region and cheering everyone on and i think that's you know what brings us back to it every time is you know we go we lose our voice we cheer everyone on oh it's amazing just incredible so 
becoming a sport, I see that a lot like the Team Ninja Warrior. Yeah. But that's yeah. less about the the backstory. That may be because we already kind of know these these personalities a little bit already. Yeah. Uh, but it talks it talks to more about the sport of it, where it's more about let's just see how they're running, and they're going to run or throw them right back in the course again, and then they're going to do the next round, and it gets through a lot more activity. Yeah. And I could see that becoming a sport. The regular show now, I see that very difficult becoming a, a sport because of just standardization of. If it's going to be a sport, then there has to be a standard set of obstacles each year. Yeah. And for that yeah. to change every year, every couple of years could get, you know, very expensive to make happen to actually be, you know, a sport. If it becomes something more Olympic based, that may not be as bad because then it's, or maybe the CrossFit games would be a better example because as far as I understand it, they don't know what they're doing till they get there. But it's oh, going to be yeah. a certain set of obstacles. So it could be something along those lines. Um, and obstacle course racing, I'm just starting to get into that. Um, I'm not fully aware of how all them are run. Yeah. I actually just qualified for the uh, world championships in October. So I'm going to try that, and I'll see how that runs and kind of see if there's a, oh, a wow. time in that. But we've got the Spartan race and all those other shows that are you know, really starting to build up and becoming bigger and bigger. and whether they all combine into one big obstacle course sport or if they become segregated into separate entities of this is strictly, you know, running obstacles and this one's only obstacles. Yeah. I would love to see the only obstacles because I love just how creative the obstacles get. I could sit and watch, you know, 80 different obstacles in a row back to back to back and that would be heaven for me and I wouldn't need to hear any story. I just want to see this weird thing that, someone created and some guy is going to try and figure out how to do. And that's, that was actually what brought me to the show. First yeah. time I saw cliffhanger, I was, I was watching it with my dad and I was like, look, look, they're going to be on this little ledge. just like an inch thick. Just watch, they're <laughs> gonna hang on this thing. And then they got to go up to a thing and then down an angled one. And that like blew my mind. Yeah, totally. And it's crazy. We've come so much further than that, but that like blew my mind to see this, thing that i never saw before in the world and people are gonna find a way to get across it it's it's amazing it's amazing we're like uh, human hamsters you know it's, yeah it's funny and and jamie i just realized something dude yeah well, now when we're recording this show right now you uh-huh. and i are gonna be in la on team ninja warrior in like about a month so i'm gonna get to see you I, soon yeah it's gonna be soon it's I, uh we could what? race we could race we, yeah we might actually <laughs> race this time I know it would be crazy, wouldn't it? I mean, nobody nobody thought I, that these uh, big gangly legs would beat cowboy, <laughs> but uh... <laughs> gangly can be productive. Killed <laughs> uh, Travis Wine and made it through stage two and on to three, and he was dumbfounded. He was like, "What's my gangly body doing?" I was like, "It is doing great." Keep yeah, doing you're it. you're crushing the avatar. He he's amazing. Yeah. Uh, what a great guy Travis is. God, I love him. Yeah, I, I hope. So, who's your uh, your team? Same team as last year. It's the Think Tank. Uh, it's Matt right. Wa- Matt Wilder and Asia Asia Gretschka. Uh, awesome. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. And uh, are you guys on? Are you on the same team? No, it's a completely different team. Oh, this time it is, and we have to think of a new name. Um, hopefully, a great name. We're terrible with figuring out the name, but the team. So, uh, the team right now is me. I'm captain again. 
Uh, and then I've got Sean Darling Hammond. Oh, yeah. And then I've got Rachel Goldstein. Oh, dude, you got a good team. Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm excited. Yeah, this is going to be good. It's going to be a good year. Did you hear uh, – so, you know, uh, they called up Megan and they said, hey, Megan, uh, do you want to be team captain? Awesome. And so, you know, she's going to have the same team, but instead of Midori Yama, I- Ian is no longer captain. Now it's going to be Megan. Yeah, I heard that. That was awesome. Yeah, I know. It's it's so great. And I believe did... Jesse's captain again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Are they the only two female captains? Uh, as you know, I, I don't know, but th- this is going to be exciting. And, and as the oh, listeners, yeah. as the listeners can tell, we get super amped. We're training super oh, hard. Oh God, yeah. And uh, it's just it, it's th- that show is for me. It's so much fun. And I think for everybody, we've talked about it. Team Ninja Warrior is just like a little slice of heaven. It's so yeah. much fun to race your buddies. Oh my God, yeah. You never really do that because we don't usually have that much equipment to do head to head that big. Oh, this is, you know, such a great opportunity on these amazing courses, right? Plus, you can get a little toe dip, and that's okay. There's less stress of yes. one and done. It's just you're going to put all your effort into going as fast and efficient as possible and go, and that's it. Yeah, and it's amazing. It, it kind of makes the course feel just a little easier when you're just yeah. cruising because you're like just crushing and not thinking and just oh yeah, you don't overthink anything like on the show. Sometimes you do. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, there's that, no... that's definitely a big problem overthinking things. Yes, yeah, it's that's uh, it seems to be you know everybody's problem. It's easy to overthink. Mm-hmm. Um, so, re- real quick, you know, you're sure. you're you're a parkour coach, and uh, you own you own a gym, Pinnacle Parkour. You own and operate it, and uh, you know you're you're obviously uh, are you are you giving lessons? Are you teaching? Are you yeah, I'm uh, I'm working six days a week at uh, the one location in Cherry Hill. Oh yeah. Uh, and then my my one day off, I usually end up training. Uh, that's the only day that my girlfriend goes climbing, so we usually climb together a little bit. And oh, then cool. throughout the day, I'm teaching classes, so I'm doing a little training with them. Open gyms, I'm doing some training, and then I'll find a little bit of conditioning at the end by myself. I'll try and do some stuff during the day because we normally have late classes. Yeah. Uh, but I don't really train as much as I did before uh, getting into the business because yeah. it just isn't the time. The uh, The students take a lot of your, your precedence of, you know, what's important and, you know, where your focus is. Yeah. So a lot of my focus is turned to just how can I get them better and what can I, you know, supply to them and how can I get better at spotting and teaching and things to look out for. And Doing all that makes me a better athlete because then I understand what I'm doing more. Yeah. And I understand more aspects of it. But physical training is, is not nearly as much. So when I do, I have to be really full-hearted into it. Of I'm going to be putting in this work. Or I'm going to train today. I'm going to really train. I'm not just going to you know dabble around. Like I'll move every day. I'll do something every day. Yeah. And then I'll dabble around. Then I'll find something I really want to work on. It's like, all right, I'm going to put in a lot of work. I'm going to work for at least the next couple hours and, and really train hard. Yeah, I mean that's what we heard from from Jeff Britton as well, and, and and a bunch of other guys. Is you gotta you gotta really focus on time management and make Absolutely. the time make the time count because things definitely get busier as as we get older, you know. Mm-hmm. And how do people follow you on on social media and and where can they find you? So I've got a uh, Facebook, the uh, 
my page, which is my name, and then I've got the Captain NBC one. And then I've got the Instagram, which is just my name, Jamie Ron. And then I believe the Twitter is Captain NBC, but I'm not usually on Twitter that often. If it is, it's usually just linked from stuff from Instagram. And Instagram, Jamie Ron, J-A-M-I-E-R-A-H-N. H-N. Correct. I believe it's a picture of uh, me and Jeff from the old California call, uh, CCNWTC course. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I've yeah. seen it. Well, Jamie, you've imparted a lot of wisdom on all our listeners, on, on me. I Man, I'm going to be visualizing grip and friction. I'm going to be trying. That is so awesome. That is so cool. And, you know, I really wish I could take a class from you, and hopefully you'll be able to you know, teach me some things, you know, but only after I school you on the Team Ninja Warrior course, my man. <laughs> yeah, well, with any luck, I won't be stitched up. So oh, yeah, oh, yeah. that will be yeah. fully focused. Yeah, last year, Jamie Ron had a big cut across his head <laughs> uh, that, that yeah. we took the stitches out, but then it, it kind of popped back open, right? And you needed more stereo strips or something. No, no, it actually worked pretty good. Um, oh, it, stayed. it just okay. got dirty because of the, the dust, but oh, uh, yeah. I hit my head on um, – a box as I bounced off a pad. It's the weirdest thing ever. Like three days before I flew down to go compete in Team Ninja, I was oh. like, well, production's going to enjoy this. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, all right, it'll be fine. And then they were asking, like, can anyone, you know, you got to take the stitches out in a week. I'm like, I'm not going to be here in a week, but I know plenty of doctors will be all right. <laughs> so, yeah. so I was thankful enough to take out my stitches at dinner, and it was beautiful. Oh, uh, yeah. Thanks, man. That was fun. And we'll always remember it when I took out your stitches. Yeah. Our little <laughs> stories. I got the scar and then, well, what is even left of a scar now? You always now have a place in my memory. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jamie. Jamie Ron, such an amazing guy, an amazing character. And you're one of the superheroes of the show. Man, thank you so much for joining the Wolfpack Ninja podcast. Oh, my pleasure, man. Thanks so much for having me. It was great talking to you again. Can't wait to see you. Yeah. Likewise, brother. Hey, let's take a quick word from our sponsor. Great interview as always. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, these things are a lot of fun for me. You know, I mean, I, I get to talk to these guys. Um, you guys got to start doing it. You guys are good interviewers too. Not, not like you know. You, you have that special skill. Oh, man. You have this voice. It's just... It's perfect. It's cool. his voice. Let's keep talking about it for a little while longer. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, Jamie Ron, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. It's so interesting. I mean, he was like this shy little kid, right? He he had to kind of come out of his shell, and he, he just blossomed into this really, really amazing personality. I mean, I, he makes life kind of more vibrant and colorful. And I like his approach. He's persistent. He's persistent. He, he, fell, he said he fell on the, the quad steps first year wearing this crazy outfit. Just Red crazy. mankini, he said. <laughs> Thank you. I remember that. I remember the, I remember the outfit. I to, remember him falling, though. That's crazy. To come back and want more after that, that's a strong will. You know, he wasn't just messing around. He was trying to make a statement. And he's it's one impressive. of those guys who gets better year after year after year. He's definitely in the top list. And, you know, when we sit around talking, and we do this all the time, like our own little A&W fantasy, and we're like, okay, who are the guys who can do it? Who are the guys who can take it down? Well, Jamie Ron is always on that list. He always makes it in there. And the, and the crazy thing is there's a lot of um, people that watch the show that maybe don't get to see that. Because, 
you know, because of editing, they got it. They don't, they don't show everyone's run. And, and Jamie over the years hasn't shown what I think he's capable of. And I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's nerves or what, but Jamie is, is amazing. He is so good. Um, and I don't think a lot of people have been able to see that. Dude, go watch his videos. Yeah, You'll like, see what like, I mean. He's it's... gonna have a year like Drew did this year. Drew had a breakout year and finally showed us what he was capable of, you know, and he's capable of more. He could do the whole thing. Yeah. But in previous years, you know, Drew was one of those top ninjas, but you know, he didn't really show it all the time. Um, you know, that he was like the top guy. But Jamie is like one of those guys who could who next year he could be that top guy, he could finish he, he, it all. He's winning a lot of the competitions um, that happen in the ninja community. I think it's just a testament to how hard competition really is. Like, when it's not only money's on the line, but you're on TV and expected to perform. You know, you get one shot at doing the course, you know, that night. And and guys like me, guys like Jamie, we, we fall in the water on things that are, you know easy for us it's it, it is it's all mental so so maybe that's something that uh that he needs to incorporate more because he does he has the f- physical ability oh for sure yeah, yeah, who would have guessed that uh, uh an athlete at, of jamie's caliber could have fallen on the quad steps yeah <laughs> and he even said it was a mental error you know he wasn't thinking in the time and, and that's the thing is i think that the ninjas that do the best not only have that physical those physical attributes and can do the upper body the lower body the all-around stuff but they also have the ability to kind of like shut out all the noise and enter like this void enter this flow state where they don't screw themselves up by thinking too much you know a guy who's amazing like one of the guys who could do the whole course mike bernardo but he seems to get in his own head a lot of the times and and stop himself up i think a lot of us do you know and it's it's all of us do. All of us do at a certain point in time. You know, I wonder I wonder what NBC thinks of Captain NBC. <laughs> you know, yeah. actually that was pretty brilliant of of Jamie to come out and make a superhero. I mean, he he's got himself, I feel like, a spot on the show as long as the show keeps going because everyone wants to see Captain NBC every year. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty awesome, and the costume has changed over time. You know, wasn't he? Was he Captain Esquire at first, or G four? It was G four. I don't know. It, he was, was G four. Was he Captain this year? NBC? I don't remember. What, I Did they he, cut that character? I don't know. Maybe. They might have asked him to take down like the logos and the because he had NBC on his chest. I think. Oh. Oh, maybe it was the cape. They made him take the cape with the thing on it. But I mean, I think what you're saying is true, though. Still, even without the NBC component, like he's a very recognizable superhero. Yeah, you know, with the green hair and the blue and the red, and I'm, like, I'm sure when he has his green hair on, everyone just knows exactly. Yeah, it's exactly like it's like Spider Man has several different outfits, but you always know it's Spider Man, right? Yeah. It's yeah. like, did yeah. he have his green hair in season one or whatever it was he was in? I think oh, so. Yeah, gosh, like, I have no idea. You know, now he went to rainbow hair. Did you see on his socials? Oh, I didn't see that yet. No, yeah. he's he's interesting. Uh, he's rainbow. awesome. Well, and a lot of people are like, you know, who is this weirdo? But he is the nicest guy. You get, you sit down with Jamie, and it's just like he's normal. You know, it's like talking to a friend. And yeah, he's not gonna be like you're not gonna get what you expect. He's not gonna be a normal person in his everyday actions. But 
in a lot of ways, that's really good because he is one of the nicest people I've ever met. He's He would be fun to, to go and just have a ninja challenge with. You know what I mean? When we all go out and we're like, hey, try this. Like one of Evan Dollar's ninja quickies. Oh, that too. That would oh, be yeah. awesome. Yeah, yes. that would be awesome. Yeah. No, he's incredible, and he's always at all the events. Uh, he's he's just a really important part of the community. Uh, Jamie Ron, we love you, man. You're you're awesome. Much respect. Yeah, respect. Keep training. Okay, you guys want to do some quick tips? Let's yeah, do some tips. Let's Jamie related. So my tip today, this is the Ninja Doc speaking, and my tip is all about being yourself, and. Look, Jamie proves it more than anyone. You can be yourself in this world. You can live the life you want to live. And you can be artistic. You can be creative. And you can be really nice. You can be a good person. You can be a role model. You can do all those things. Jamie is leading an original and authentic life. And that's my tip to you today is lead an original and authentic life. Think of how you can be more you. Don't try and be necessarily like someone else. But find out what you hold dear, what your true values are, and be that thing. Be the superhero that you want to be, whether it's Captain NBC or Ninja Doc or Wolf Pub or whoever. You be the hero that you were meant to be. We're all different. We look different on the outside and the inside. We have different strengths and weaknesses. Find your strengths. Capitalize on them. Work on your weaknesses and get better. And uh, more than anything, be yourself. And become your own superhero. No, I want to just expand on that. Because, yes, you need to have all those things. But persistence, persistence. If you want to be the person you want to be. You want to be a certain level of education. You want to be an athlete. Jamie Ron fell on the steps. You know, and came back. Kept being persistent and pushed himself. And found his weaknesses, like Noah was saying. And addressed those and made himself better. But he never gave up. You know, even when things were hard and he fell wearing a little bikini, you know, he didn't let them get him down. He got back up and he came back next year and did better and better. And he's he's now, you know, one of the most famous ninjas out there. And it's really impressive. So be persistent. Never give up. Yeah, so I'm going to give some exercises that I know. Jamie, um, I believe he does some of these exercises and stuff because he at one point realized that he needed to work on his grip. And he actually created a, was it a Facebook group? Or there was a group that I know we're a part of. It was like a grip challenge or something like that. And he's, he has a bunch of grip exercises on there that he does. And um, one of the exercises that, well, I'm going to, let me mention a few that I've seen him do. And that I, that I do too, is you can actually hang weight off yourself and get on a bar or, you know, different, different different types of holds and hang with weight and you hang for I, I would I would put as much weight as you feel comfortable putting on and hang for you know like 10 seconds so the load needs to be really heavy I mean when I'm doing it I can barely hang for 10 seconds and then I get off rest for about 30 seconds and do that again I do that multiple times that's one of the things that you can do and I know Jamie does that also you can do um uh you can also hang, pick up weights. You know, you've seen people pick up 45-pound plates and hold them for pinch grip, um, pinch exercises. You can also do that with different shaped holds, climbing holds or two-by-fours, and you can actually hang weights from them. So you could even take like a, an eye hook. Um, three-ball hole, three-ball mix, some good stuff. Do they? And um, you can put that in, you just put a 
you know, hang the weight from it, basically, is what I'm saying, and squeeze and hold it for as long as you can. There's a bunch of good exercises you can look up, but those are two good exercises to increase your pinch power and just overall grip strength. All right, guys, make sure to be training for the Wolfpack Ninja Tour. It's coming April 29th and 30th. It's going to be amazing with over $30,000 in cash and prizes. Kids classes with the top ninjas. We've got our pro team. Go to our website, wolfpackninjas.com or wolfpackninjatour.com and see who our pro team is. We've got Jesse Graff and Jeff Britton as captains. We've got Flip Rodriguez. We've got all kinds of, oh man, it's amazing. Jesse LaFleur. It, it, it's awesome. You, Nicholas Coolridge, the modern Tarzan, all these guys. And they're going to be there at these uh, events along with guys like Jamie Ron. So come out, see all the ninjas, get classes to learn how to make your little kids little ninjas. And remember, if you guys like challenges, wouldn't it be awesome if you could be part of the pro team? Come out. Show everybody what you got. Prove that you're better than everybody else and that you could be, maybe you can take the captain's spot of Jeff Britton. Doubt it. Yeah. Could happen. Anybody can do it. You just got to train hard enough. It would be very difficult. Follow your, follow your dreams. Difficult. Jeff is the first American Ninja Warrior, and no one, I don't think, I don't know, it would be very difficult to beat Jeff. I don't know if anyone ever has. Jeff's the only one with a perfect season. He's, uh, he's the best, the best there ever was, maybe. Yeah, so <laughs> coming to the Wolf. <laughs> You're going to have to do some editing. You're going to have to cut that out. <laughs> 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 All right, thanks so much for joining the Wolfpack Ninja <laughs> Podcast. For the rest of the Wolfpack, Brian, Ian, and Megan, I'm the Ninja Doc Noah Kaufman. We'll see you next week. Ow! so much for joining the Wolfpack Ninja podcast. If you liked it, please tell a friend. Subscribe and rate us on iTunes. It would mean a lot. Remember to visit our website at www.wolfpackninjas.com and join us on social media. We are on Facebook and Twitter at Wolfpack Ninja and on Instagram at Wolfpack Ninja Warrior. Join us next time for another exciting episode with your favorite ninjas and informative health tips. hair now with one brown sideburn i can see yeah hey your scar's nice dude i that's not yeah. bad check that out yeah barely tell it's cool to document like our history and this is this is kind of like you know it's kind of it's kind of like a documentation a little bit deeper getting getting to know everybody it's such a kind of honor and a privilege for me to get to talk to to everybody you know we hang out at ninja and laugh and like right. have fun but you know, to get to know you a little bit deeper and to get to know like Evan Dollard and, and then we all get yeah, to yeah. know because we all get to like, it's like a conversation that we're having. It's like a, a deep, real conversation. It's, it's very enjoyable, rewarding, and, and it's very fulfilling. So Yeah, I love these, these types of conversations. And like you said, we're, we get to see each other for those like 10, 15 minutes and we don't really get that that time to really break it down. But those are, you know, some of the most meaningful, wonderful moments of those trips. Yeah.